بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله الطيبين والطاهرين وصحابته رضوان اللهم عليهم جمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I want to thank the professor for his eminent lectures very difficult to to attempt to speak after you. Uh, may Allah grant you a very long life and keep you with us, inshallah, so that we may benefit you. Thank you, Sheikh Tajri, for your very beautiful introduction and Dr. Khalid and my respectful scholars here. Um, I've been given this momentous task of uh, presenting, should we say, the viewpoint or the viewpoints, should we say, of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah in regards to Imam Al Mahdi, alayhi salatu wa salam. What is our view regarding it? Who is Imam Al Mahdi and so forth? Uh, and and, and uh, one of the points that uh, that was raised earlier on was this concept of adala, justice. Uh, even though the hadith point to it, yes, in Sunni Islam we don't have it as a fundamental point in in, in our aqaid, which is a, which is a major debate debate between the Ash'ari and the Maturi, uh, sorry, the Ash'ari uh, and the Mu'tazila school about the concept: Does God, in His uh, intrinsic nature, does He have to be just? That's ju- is justice something that God has to do? And it's a debate that the Imams have spoken on. Uh, Sayyid Sharif Jurjani has a very beautiful risala regarding that in which he rebuttals this, uh, this concept. But this relates to one point where I want to begin today. In which the Prophet said in the hadith that I leave two things behind the Quran and my Ahlul Bayt. Ahli Baytin. Uh, and this is found in Sahih Muslim. This is found in many different narrations. In fact, the narrations about Sunnah, that I leave Quran and Sunnah, which is narrated by Imam Malik in his Muwatta, it's without a narrator. It's without who Imam Malik. One of the things Imam Malik does, he doesn't refer to who he, he is the hadith from. Ibn Abdul Barr uh, analyzed the hadith and he basically said that this hadith, in his view, was weak, extremely weak. Uh, but in my understanding of this, from my teachers, it really uh, brings a confusion within Ahl Sunnah that we say that the Quran and Ahlul Bayt, but what does that really mean? Similarly, about Ghadir Qum, and I don't want to go off the subject, but it's related to this point. When we say, for example, Imam Ali was stopped at, uh, uh, with 124,000 uh, companions, and the Prophet announced that he is going to be my successor, spiritual, which we refer to, uh, some people attempt to say that, uh, that means uh, that the Prophet was giving a meaning of brotherhood. It doesn't make sense. So I try to contextualize what is the meaning of this hadith? How can we as Sunnis make sense of this hadith of Quran wa Ahlul Bayt? There's no contradiction in my view regarding the Sunnah. It means the Quran and the Sunnah will always be with Ahlul Bayt. There's no denial upon the hadith of Mutawatir. It's their mass transmitted. So my understanding and, and after researching, I came to the conclusion the reason why the Prophet said Quran wa Ahli Bayt, it's referring to the coming of Imam Mahdi. This is in, 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 in what I think. It, it makes absolutely no sense to say the Prophet said Quran wa Ahli Bayt and, and we have no relationship with Ahlul Bayt. And we don't give them any precedence and we don't give them any religious authority apart from saying that Hussein and Hassan are the leaders of the youth of Jannah or, Hassan, or, or the other Imams are great and the 12 Imams are A, B and C, whatever. It makes no sense why the Prophet would say that. So I want to look at one point is present a few views. Number one is what is the Jumhur view within Ahl Sunnah? What does Ahl Sunnah believe regarding Al-Mahdi? And that is an opinion which says that a man, a human being, a physical person will be born, he will be from the family of the Prophet and he will bring justice to the earth and he will rid this earth of injustice 
and he will do something which even the Prophet himself was unable to do. That doesn't defend, that doesn't show any defect to the Prophet. It wasn't his duty to do that. It shows that Al-Mahdi will continue the mission and he will achieve something which no one did, which was what? He will make the whole earth a just place. Hence the reason he's called Khalifatullah and not uh, the Khalifa of the Prophet. The second position is regarding the opposition. There are some scholars within uh, the tradition that denied the coming of Al-Mahdi. That said this was a fiction. It has, the hadith are weak, has no substantiation. And this was something which our grand imam and our grand teacher, the sheikh of our teacher, Sayyid Ahmed bin Siddiq al-Ghumari, the great muhaddith, he rebuttaled in detail in a risala that he wrote against Ibn Khaldun's view on this. Another view regarding is, is al-Mahdi uh, Isa alayhi salam. This is another minority view. But I want, I'm, I'm going to predominantly adhere to uh, the, the uh, or spend most of my time regarding the majority view, which is the view of the Muslims, that al-Mahdi alayhi salam will be a person who would come and he will bring justice to the earth. There's another view which ties into the view of our Shia brothers quite perfectly and quite nicely, which is the Sufi mystic position of al-Mahdi, which recognized al-Bataniyyah, the spiritual realms of this world, and that al-Mahdi will come to revive that, and he's the reviver of that. That is why Qadi Thanan al Ta'ala, the great Hanafi scholar, has mentioned, and, and, and Sheikh Sayyid Mahmoud Alusi Baghdadi in his tafsir, both of them mention a point which is that spiritualism starts from Imam Ali and that went to Hassanin Karimain and through all Imams and it actually ends with Imam Al-Mahdi. Al-Mahdi will be the one who will fulfill that. Now, the view or the, the, the general position is I based a lot of what I've said on a book written by a, a, a unique scholar. In Sunni Islam, uh, in the last 300 years, I would say, or 400 years, We've had two families that have really structured and really influenced hadith studies in our, in our realms. One is what we call the Kitani family, the famous Sharif family, and one is called the Ghomariyun family from Morocco. These were two giant Imam families that really uh, revolutionized, should we say, hadith. In fact, Sheikh Muhammad Nasr al-Bani, marhum, rahimahullah ta'ala, when he met Sayyid Ahmad as a youth, he was astonished by his greatness and his mastery of hadith. So scholars have said that scholars have gone so far as saying that since the time of Suyuti, 9-11 after Hijri, we haven't had people like of this level. So Sayyid Abdullah bin Siddiq al-Humari, one of the great Imams, he wrote a book on Al-Mahdi. And that book is something available which we can give if, if, if provided, it's in Arabic. And he, his argument was that he went to Egypt and he met his teacher, one of the teachers, who denied the coming of Al-Mahdi. And this was something which was strange to Sayyid Abdullah, being a Hadith scholar. So Sayyid Abdullah debated him in this class and the, and the teacher said to him that you don't have credentials to debate with me. You know, who are you? And, and, and he said, you have to do your, you know, your exams and you know, have an Azhari title in front of you or some type of ijazah to talk. So Sayyid Abdullah said to him that, tell me where is the exam? He did the exam, he finished it, all 14, he, he passed them. He came back and said, this is my ijazah, let's discuss the topic. And that's why Sayyid Abdullah says that he wrote this book. He wrote a full risala on the coming of Al-Mahdi, rebuttaling the views of those people who said that Imam Al-Mahdi will come. Who is Imam Al-Mahdi? What will he, what will he, what will he bring? And, 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 and what is the position of that? Sayyid Abdullah says uniquely that all the hadith relating to Al-Mahdi 
are mutawatir and some are weak. He says, this is extremely important. This is the mistake that Ibn Khaldun made. Ibn Khaldun, when he criticized the narrations regarding the hadith of Al-Mahdi, he only referred to the weak narrations. He did not adhere or he did not investigate the authentic narrations. And one of the reasons behind that, again, I'm quoting Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanbi Sahib, Marhum, the, the great Diobandi scholar. He said the reason behind that was because he was illiterate in hadith. These were the words of, of Mawlana Tanbi Sahib's Marhum Rahmatullah's words. He said, uh, he used the word, uh, and Sayyid Ahmad used an even harsher word. Ahmad bin Siddiq al-Ghumari, rahimahullah ta'ala, he used the word jahil in his, in his risala. He said he has no credentials in hadith, hence the reason why he approached it without looking in it. So, Sayyid Abdullah bin Siddiq al-Ghumari mentions uh, a number of hadith, and he says that one of the things regarding al-Mahdi, and this is another thing which is quite confusing to me as a person, because we know that they're mutawatir, the hadith are mutawatir. And I've, in the paper, I've listed uh, uh, about 10 different scholars from Ahl Sunnah that say they're mutawatir. Mawlana Mududi said they were mutawatir. Uh, Sheikh Ja'far Kittah, Muhammad Ja'far bin Al-Kittani said the hadith are mutawatir. Uh, As-Sayuti, rahimahullah ta'ala, in he said the hadith are mutawatir. There's no doubt. However, one thing that strikes me is that in 1400 years of Islamic scholarship, why was it that Al-Mahdi was not added within the Aqaid issues? For example, we study at Tahawiyah, Imam Tahawi's Aqid al-Tahawiyah. Or you study Shar al-Aqaid by Imam Taftizani. Or you study any book of Aqaid, Bujuri or, or whatever the, the, the foundational texts are. Imam Tahawi in his, in his Aqid al-Tahawiyah, al-Tahawi 324 of the Hijri, he explicitly talks about how in Kothar. He speaks about Azabi Qabr, the punishment of the grave, even though the Hadith al-Khabr al-Wahid. Yet he doesn't mention Al-Mahdi. So when I researched early Islamic scholarship after Banu Umayyah, Banu Abbasid, one thing that came clear to me, the vast majority of Sunni, what we can call Muttakallameen, Ulama of Kalam, Aqaid, Juhamari Aqaid Ulamahan, the Ulama of Aqidah, they, they refrained from adding Al-Mahdi is coming within the Aqaid. And this really confused me as a person. Because I'm reading on one hand the Hadith of Mutawatir. There's no doubt upon it that Al-Mahdi would come. The Prophet said, yani, uh, Al-Mahdi min itrati min waladi Fatima in the authentic Hadith narrated by Sunan Abu Dawood, which is Sayyid Abdullah called the Hadith Sahih. Even Muhammad Nasruddin Al-Bani called the Hadith, Sheikh Al-Bani called the Hadith also Mutawatir. It is authentic without any shadow down. In another narration, the Prophet said that Al-Mahdi is from Ahli Baytihi, Yuslihullahu fi Laylati, narrated by Ibn Majah, in which again Sheikh Abdullah called this hadith authentic, and Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin Al-Bani also authenticated this. But the question that I have to ask, and I really hope our Sunni Imams and scholars can answer this for me, why was Al-Mahdi's coming not added amongst the books of Aqaid? Because the coming of Al-Mahdi is not to do with jurisprudence. In fact, there's a hadith narrated which uh, is mentioned by Imam Al-Sayyuti rahimahullah ta'ala. He says that Imam Al-Mahdi will be afdal, will be greater and superior than the Khulafa al-Rashida. And they said, why? What was the reason? How was Al-Mahdi greater than the five? Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali and, and, 
and hasan al-mujtama. He said, because these five are Khalifatul Rasul, they are the Khalifa of Rasulullah, he is the Khalifa of Allah. That is what Imam Sayyuti mentioned very explicitly in his Qasas al-Kubra. So the point is, the Imams have spoken so high, but why haven't we added this amongst the Akhaid? And till, till this day, I have not found an, an answer which gives me satisfaction that that was something right. Because the, when the Prophet said, I leave two things behind, this hadith is referring to Al-Mahdi, that he will be the finality, he will be, he will be the finale, should we say it, that will bring justice to the, to the world. The Prophet said what? Al-Mahdi will, will be born. The narration says there will be, and again, I don't want to go through every single hadith about who Al-Mahdi is, but let me explain to you what Sayyid Abdullah bin Siddiq said. He said the vast majority hadith are authentic. And then you have a few hadith here and there which are weak, but do not, are not close to fabricated. He says they are substantiated by the mutawatir, so we accept them. He says, you know, so, so for example, the army from Khorasan, for example, would come. Sayyid Abdullah calls this a weak narration. Or the black banners would come from that area that would support the army of Al-Mahdi. But Sayyid Abdullah says that his name would be Al-Mahdi. His, his name would be Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa like the Prophet's name. His father's name would be Abdullah. His mother's name would be Amina, like the Prophet. And the narration says he will be from, and this is the difference, key difference we have with our Shia brothers. He will be from the offspring of Imam Hassan al-Mujtaba, and not from Imam al-Hussein alayhi salatu salam. Even though there's a minority view, which I will, I will discuss at the end if I, have if I have time. If I don't have time, I will mention it during the question and answers in which Asayuti discusses the, this idealism. So this is what Mahdi is. He will come and, and, and the narration says the Khalifa will die. Again, I'm giving you a, a synopsis of the hadith. He will rise and people will recognize him. So when it says, يُسْلِحُ اللَّهُ فِي Layla, that Allah will fulfill his yani, uh, rights and his affairs straight away within one night. Mullah Liqari, the famous scholar died 1014 after Hijri. He said the meaning of this hadith means the people who usually don't accept people's leadership would automatically accept Al-Mahdi's leadership. This is divine intervention. One of the things you have, and we know this in politics, whether you're in America, England, Pakistan, when someone wants to call for change, there's a muqabala, there's an opposition. One of the unique qualities of Al-Mahdi is when he, he won't even announce it, when he will physically come and stand in front of Rukun Rukun Yamana and in front of Hajj Raswad in the Kaaba, the narrations are Muqtalif. He will, he will stand there, people will recognize him. Mawlil Liqari said, this is the meaning of Imam Ali's riwayah. This hadith when I said, Filaylati, uh, this is a narration from Imam Ali, alayhi salatu wasalam himself. That his affairs will be fulfilled, the people will accept him. People will not deny him, people will give bayah. A ruler would die before him, an unjust person. People, the, the Muslims will be in turmoil. The Muslims will be in, yani they would, the Muslims will only have the name Islam. The Quran would only be read, but it would not go past their throats. This is the affairs of how unjust the world will be. Then Allah will arise a person from amongst whom? The family of Rasulullah to fulfill the hadith of his forefathers. The narration says an army will come and so forth. So I don't want to go through all of those narrations. What I will do is I will give a copy of the uh, the book and you can read it for yourself. And I'm sure all of you scholars, your eminent scholars, you have come across it. I've got about five minutes left here. No problem. So Sayyid Abdullah then talks about these narrations and he says they're mutawatir. Again, the question is why, if they're mutawatir, why don't we add them amongst the qaid? 
Look at the, for instance, Sunnis, the final book you study in Aqaid in your Darsiyat or Darsiyat Nizam is Shar al Aqaid, Imam Taftazani's commentary of uh, Aqaid al Nasafi. Why is it in the whole of Shar al Aqaid al Mahdi is mentioned? So I conclude with this, and I don't know whether people would agree with me, that there was a conspiracy to hide the coming of Al-Mahdi for a certain political endeavor, to remove the, the relevance towards Ahlul Bayt. This is something which Ibn Khaldun did. So those who, for, uh, those who, for example, um, who deny this, uh, my computer is very slow, but yeah, the, the, the first person who actually denied the coming of Al-Mahdi Ibn Khaldun. Even though he then contradicts himself in his muqaddimah, he's quite obscure as a person. What was the reason behind that? Sayyid Ahmad bin Siddiq al-Ghumari said, but he says a very, very, very important point in his rad of uh, Ibn Khaldun. And he wrote a book called Burhan al-Jaleel, hadith of Imam Ali, Ana Madinatun Ilm Ali al-Babuham. What does Sayyid Ahmad say? Sayyid Ahmad said, Kana huwa nasbi. These are not my words, so don't point the finger towards me. Sayyid Ahmad bin al-Siddiq al-Ghumadi, the great Moroccan hadith said, Ibn Khaldun's opposition towards the Ahlul Bayt and his opposition specifically to Al-Mahdi, the reason why he made it his day and night job of denying the coming of Al-Mahdi and causing such a big fitna within the Sunni world was because of his nasbiism, his hatred towards Ahlul Bayt. These are the words of Sayyid Ahmed, which Maulana Ash-Shafali Thanbi Sabdeh repeated it in a more kinder way, without directly calling him a Nasbi. And that is why people today who deny the coming of Al-Mahdi derive their rulings and they derive their opinions from this individual. But again, his credentials are, as we have said. The final part, I have about three minutes. I want to mention a, 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 a final point that the view obviously within Ahl al-Sunnah he will come and, and, and give justice but there's a minority view which I came across what some of the which, uh, uh, which is akin to the Shia the Shias have this view that Imam Hassan that Al-Mahdi is born and he's the son of Imam Hassan al-Askari alayhi salatu wasalam and he's kept in hiding that is a minority view that is adhered to within Ahl al-Sunnah Ibn al-Arabi Sheikh al-Akbar adhered to that belief he believed that Al-Mahdi was alive. Also, another scholar that adhered to it was apparently Imam Sayyuti. I have not come across the direct narrations of Sayyuti, but I read secondary reference to him from a Shafi'i scholar. His name was the, the Shafi'i Mufti of Hadramut in Yemen. Al-Habib Abdurrahman al-Mashur, he died in 1320 after Hijri. In his book called Kitab Fikal Bughiyat, he basically debates and he says the following, under the chapter of Ahlul Bayt, this Kitab Fiqh al-Bughiyat is a very famous book that is taught within the Madaris, within the Shafi'i school. It's a very famous book. Within that, he says the following, that Al-Sayyuti narrates that his teacher, Al-Iraqi, Al-Iraqi, we're referring to the Muhaddith, the famous Hadith scholar. What did Al-Iraqi say? He says, know that Al-Mahdi was born in the year 255 after Hijri. Ali al-Khawas also adhered to this opinion. And hence, Al-Mahdi would be 703 years old 958 after Hijri, Imam Muhammad bin Ahmad al-Ramli alongside Sha'rani and others also believed that Imam al-Mahdi was alive. So that's a minority view within the Sunni world. The reason for me to mention that is to show you the diversity of opinions 
but may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward us and may Allah give us tawfiq uh, to continue. And if I've said anything wrong, it is from myself. And anything which is right is from the fadl of Allah. Jalla jalaluhu jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.